Unless you want to, it's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. Hey guys, what's going on? It's episode 284 now of the Ron and Don Show, and we are live, sitting here, there's tires everywhere. Yeah, we're in the Lechwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Don't forget, we're licensed brokers at Windermere. If you need us, just reach out, ron at windermere.com, and we can always sit down with you seven days a week, every single day. No, it's not true. Maybe four days a week, but you sit down. RonandDonSitDown.com, and uh, we can sit down today and talk about your real estate. Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, Gail King, uh, CBS Morning News, Oprah's best friend. Why is she talking about tiny penises? This is kind of weird. Uh, also, I want to talk about some of the good things. There was a list, I think I read it on BuzzFeed the other night, where people were just talking about the good things that happened to them as a result of the pandemic. I read some of these things to my son. I want to read some of these things to you, and I want to get Ron's reaction. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. And I want to make sure, I want to put guardrails out here. We're going to talk about President Trump. And what I don't want to do is make fun of people that voted for him. I don't want to get into the minutia of him saying that uh, he's going to be the president again in a couple months uh, and all those other things. But I do want to talk about some pretty serious charges for his CFO. He's been working for the family for 48 years. Uh, and it looks like, uh, as we're speaking right now, and we're recording this uh, day, you'll, you'll hear this days later, but we're recording this. He was arrested today. They brought him in in handcuffs, right? But then they immediately let him out. There was no bail set. And a lot of people think what's happening here is they are using Weisselman to get to Donald Trump. In other words, if we can really put some heat on this guy when it comes to taxes and some benefits and some other things, if he is really thinking about having to sweat some jail time, can we get him to turn on the president? Because they say other than Trump's children and Trump himself, this is the most important person in the Trump organization. So, Ron, when you look at this, a lot of people feel like, hey, these are trumped up charges. And if you looked at other executives that are involved in the same type of nefarious activities, they might be fine, but none of them would be looking at jail time. And they certainly wouldn't have been walked in before a judge in handcuffs. What say you without uh, beating up on the president? Here? Uh, this... The, the the most fascinating thing, or one of the most fascinating things to me on this story, if we learned anything from watching the television show Billions, uh, is if you're going to be a prosecutor in Manhattan, what is that about? So let's think about this for a minute. You, you live in Man. If you've ever been to New York, you know how expensive it is to live in Manhattan. If you're a skilled attorney, you could make six hundred, seven hundred, a thousand dollars an hour working for a big-time firm, and yet you choose to go into public service, you choose to like make less money, you choose to prosecute the bad guys. At one time, this was Rudy Giuliani, who you know, famously tried to take down uh, you know, crime families and, and maf- mafia ties. And did so. And so if you're that person, what drives you? Well, it's not money. 
And it's not necessarily fame, but it is power and it is ego. Well, and I think there's fame. And in there, there. there's some fame in yeah, there. I'll disagree on that. So, uh, and, and maybe money down the road. Money down the road, possibly. Because a lot of but, these guys leave and then they join these firms and then they charge 2000 an hour. But so. there's a huge ego component to this. Sure. I'm going to be a prosecutor in Manhattan. I want to play on the biggest field against the highest stakes. Uh, I want to be in the action, and I want to be on Team Good Guy. So that those are the people for years have been having their noses rubbed in it by the Trump organization. Not necessarily the ex-president, but just the Trump organization. And so when he publicly and from the bully pulpit of the White House was looking down his nose at the District of Manhattan of those prosecutors and flaunting them, saying, you can't come after me. I'm the president. I'm I'm untouchable right now. That's true. He did that for four years. Yeah. And those people had to sit there and just eat it. Well, he's not, he doesn't have immunity anymore. And so what I think this is really about is like, oh, yeah, you think you're the smartest guy in the room? You think that you're above the law? Let's go. I'm going to find every single law that you broke and you humiliated us publicly for years. Let's do this. Yeah, well, people would say after three years, though, then why wasn't he arrested today? They must not have any, anything on him. No, because they're trying to flip it up. Yeah. That's why uh, Cohen, Cohen is flipped. Cohen is working with prosecutors. Uh, Michael Cohen, the ex-fixer, is he's he's telling them how where the bodies are buried, and so they don't want to go after him after you know oh you you didn't pay taxes on a, a executive compensation. That's not what they're going for. This is a classic uh, prosecutor's scheme. Get to, this is what's happening to to Gates in Washington on the sex crime thing. You get the you get the wingman, and you flip the wingman, and you say we got you on all these other things. And we'll reduce your jail time, but you got to give us someone bigger than you. Wait, you're saying Gates is facing jail time? I don't think so. He will once they get done with this wingman. Bill so, Gates, you think? No, not Bill Gates. The Gates from Washington, the congressman, the, the sleeping with 17-year-olds. That Gates. Matthew, oh, Matt Gates. Matthew Gates. And so they're the, doing... The one that wants to free Britney. Right. Yeah. So you're getting... Yeah. Good thing we, we cleared that up because Gates and Epstein, there's that connection there. And I right. Didn't, not didn't not Bill people Gates. people thinking that we're talking about Bill Gates. Not Bill go, Gates. Go Matt Gates. Yeah. That's not... Okay. Got it. So yeah, you're getting... Michael Cohen is flipped on Trump. Now you're going to... They're putting the pressure on Weisserman. Is that his name? Yeah. He's in his 70s. It's very clear that they've got the goods on him. It's very clear that they didn't that he he evaded taxes. There's 15 different charges. A couple of them are going to stick. He's in his late 70s. It's like, dude, either you're going to die in jail or give us someone bigger than yourself. Well, and he'll, Who he'll is have to that? Feel, yeah, and he'll have to feel like he's going to jail. Are these trumped up charges? They absolutely are. Donald Trump came out and said this is political. It is political. Yeah, it totally and is. And when he was president, uh, a lot of the decisions that he made uh, especially core, especially when it came to judges and the and the people that he slammed privately and publicly, and and on Twitter when he was in the Twitterverse, that was all political. Doesn't mean I that think, his business didn't have a history. No, of doing and I, this, I think the the job of the presidency he hate he hated. I think what he loved is the is the power, the prestige, Air Force One. George W. Bush didn't really like being president, but he loved Air Force One. He wrote about it in his book. 
Uh, Bill Clinton really liked being the president, by the way. So I think I think for him, one of the reasons he's running again, he's like, hey, I, I'm, I'm in my 70s. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be around. I'm speaking about the president right now. And I want to continue to have immunity. And as long as I'm sitting in the White House, I have immunity. And if he's still around... In 2024, he has already told Sean Hannity from Fox News that he's already made up his mind about running but hasn't announced. But, of course, uh, he's going to run. I think what's really interesting, though, Pew just did some research when we look at, and and I read this on uh, NPR last night, so it must be true, and I must be very smart because this is from NPR, you guys. Uh, I was reading last night. We all heard that that it was white women. Uh, it was white women that pivoted, that pivoted towards Donald Trump. And that's one of the reasons why he won in 2016. And then they say it's white women that pivoted back to Joe Biden in 2020. And that's why he won. So they finally looked at the numbers. It's not true. It is not true. In fact, there are more women that voted for Donald Trump in 2020. White women. Yeah. Then voted in 2016. And guess what? Guess who it was? It was older white guys like us that pivoted toward Joe Biden in a very big way. With all the Black Lives Matter movement stuff that was happening, that really surprised me that it was older white men above the age of 50 that put that placed Biden in office. Uh, and then I, I also thought it was really interesting that a lot of Hispanics actually pivoted back towards Donald Trump. When you look at the way that he treated immigration in this country, I thought that that was very interesting. So how about that? Yeah. A little praise for guys like us, older white guys. Yeah. This is, <laughs> this story is not over. No. And, and, it, and there's a long, it's, line of prosecutors. This is what they did in Watergate. If you go back and read Watergate, they pulled everybody in on taxes and then they threatened them with jail time and that's how they got the goods and we're going to see a similar thing here happen and we'll find out if there are any goods. But people say they're trumped up charges. They are trumped up charges because I agree. I actually agree with Donald Trump on this. There are other guys and gals all around the country and the world that are doing the exact same thing and many of them are in powerful positions. Uh, but many of them don't have that bully pulpit that he had, and he's paying the price politically right now uh, because of it, and they are coming after him. More on the other side of this. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Yeah, we are the guys that were on Cairo Radio and Terrestrial Radio for the last 25 years. Our show was called The Ron and Don Show, and now we've taken the show. In fact, it has over a million listens. We've taken it to the podcast format, and we would love... For you to either join us for the first time, or if you missed us, to find us once again. Yeah, again, the Ron and Don Show is on this podcast player. There's over 200 episodes for you to catch up on. If you want to binge listen, go all the way back to episode one. You can find out what happened, what's the real story of why we were let go at Cairo Radio. So just hit the uh, magnifying glass, type in Ron and Don Radio. That's Ron and Don Radio, and you can start subscribing and listening straight away. Yeah, and don't forget, we're real estate agents, licensed with Windermere. And if you need us, just reach out, ron at windermere.com. You're listening to The Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network, ronanddon.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to episode 284 of uh, The Ron and Don Show. This is uh, being reported, I guess, by CNN. Uh, CBS's uh, Gail King, who's Oprah's best friend. 
And I have not had a super soul conversation with the two of them in quite some time. So, uh, but I enjoy them together. I just, they turn into two little girls and it, it's just, it, it's like us. It's fun to see that friendship. We often turn into two little girls. <laughs> Get this. Uh, last week during a, a Tuesday interview, CBS this morning host Gail King referenced the small genitalia of the guest uh, when they were talking about a child, King sat down with author Roger Bennett and Ron, I think you're reading this to discuss the recent memoir on becoming an American citizen titled reborn in the USA. It's an Englishman's love letter to his chosen home. Uh, the segment featured clips of Bennett reading a few excerpts from the book on his life and his deep gratitude on becoming an American citizen. Bennett, who was in CBS's studio, was visibly emotional watching clips of himself reading from the book. However, immediately afterwards, King chose to ask about Bennett's tiny child penis. Uh, Quote, so beautiful. It's so beautiful, King said in regards to the clips of Bennett reading. But she quickly moved on and said, something that, well, is not so beautiful. You write on page 56 that you were a late bloomer with a tiny child penis that looked like a ball spigot. Some things don't change. Bennett responded jovially. And then after the question, the interview focused on Bennett's adapting towards American culture. Uh, anyway, did you hear the interview? And have you, are you reading this book? And have you read about the tiny penis gotten, that looked like a ball spin? I haven't gotten to page 56 yet. <laughs> uh, so well, let me just give a little context here. Roger Bennett... Uh, is most famous for uh, uh, a soccer thing he does called Men in Blazers. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of a, a lampooning of sportscasters that take themselves too seriously. And so he, he's irreverent. Uh, he does have, as the Brits would say, a cheeky sense of humor. And the book um, does have passages that you know veer off into those sort of categories. So if he put it in the book, it's fair game for her to ask about it. I don't know if that would have been my lead question for Roger Bennett, uh, but the, because, but I mean it's fair game because he wrote about it. the The book itself, I, I think, a lot of people would enjoy because it, it sort of um, reminds us of how many people in the world view America and sort of the higher versions of ourselves and, and the, the ideals of America and what it represents. And he's a very good writer. Uh, he's a very good speaker. And he, he does have a, a, a wicked sense of humor. And so I, I think you would actually enjoy this book, Don. Um, and he just feels like he was born in the wrong country and he moved to America and wanted to become an American on purpose. Yeah. And so, yes... I don't know if Gail should have just led with that question. Yeah. I feel like I was born in the wrong country and I should have been born in Iowa. We'll see you on the other side of this. Hey, what's going on, Ron and Don Nation? This is Therese, a new team member on Ron and Don team. It's tough out there for buyers right now, and that's why you need a buyer specialist like me. Let's send you a buyer's playbook, and for you sellers, we have a seller's playbook. Reach out to the team, and let's do a sit-down, and we'll get you these playbooks. Just reach out to us at ronanddonsitdown.com, and we'll schedule a sit-down today. Now back to the show. 
All right, you guys, welcome back to the final segment of the Ron and Don Show. And, Ron, don't forget, we're licensed brokers at Windermere, and you just heard from a lot of our great clients. Yeah, reach out to us if you are on your real estate journey, whether you're a buyer, a seller, an investor. Uh, we would love to sit down with you and game plan. And you know what? Sometimes the game plan is to, is to do nothing. Uh, sometimes the game plan is to hold fast of where you are right now. Yeah. But other times it's uh, it opens up a door where you can see a path that maybe you didn't see before. Yeah, It's kind of interesting. I, I, I like things that are posted on on BuzzFeed where you can just hear from normal everyday people uh someone will post a question and there's other websites like this where someone just posts a question and then people will start answering uh and I had shared shared with you a number of years ago I sat in a pizza parlor on Mercer Island after uh, Ron and I were ousted from our terrestrial radio jobs and I was feeling pretty sorry for myself, you guys. It's pretty sad and pretty crushed. And this is my boyhood dream. And here we are and 25 years later. And ratings and revenue had never been higher. So uh, anyway, he, he, he sat with me and he said something very simple to me. And I've shared this before, but I'll share it again. He said, you know, Don, this is, this is a pivotal time for you. Uh, he said, you will look at this life event. This happened to you. It happened to you. If it happens to you, you're a victim, right? And, and things do happen to us. And we are victims, right? Someone rapes you. That happened to you. You are a victim. But the other side of that, when, when, when bad things happen to us, and my son and I have been having lots of conversations about this lately, he said, you can, you can look at something as a tragedy and being a victim, this happened to me, or you can look at it as this happened for me. Right. And losing a job isn't being a rape, rape victim. It's not comparable. It's not the same. Right. It's a job. But for me, I think I had identified myself, you know, in this job uh, on the radio. And so it's been really interesting as Ron and I have launched these new careers and you guys have been a big part of this and you've been super helpful. In fact, almost all our clients are either our friends, uh, family members or they're people in the Ron and Don nation. So you've trusted us. And what we have learned in, in the, by not feeling sorry for ourselves, by working really hard every day uh, and really focusing on ourselves and, and seeking therapy and doing some other stuff. And we were seeking therapy before that, that, that this, this life event really did happen for us. And I was in, in, in the gym early this morning just so thankful that I don't have to show up to a radio station for four hours today, that I don't have to sit here and work on a radio show, that I get to be here with Ron in our own studio with our own sponsors, uh, sharing our own message. No one's controlling this message that over a million people have listened now to this podcast and that we get to have these great lives and that every afternoon now I get to hang out with my son. I got to pick him up from school for the first time uh, after we were let go. I got to drop him off. I got to have these incredible conversations. We got to go on adventures together and bike rides and everything else. So so in, in, in a lot of ways, and, and I look at myself financially, I will make more money this year than I ever made uh, in, in terrestrial radio. So financially, it, it's been very helpful, but also the freedom of that. But it has not been easy. It's been hard. And that's what uh, G-Force and I talk about. We don't learn, at least I don't learn, and he's finding out at 11, we don't learn when things are easy. We're learning when things are hard. He just became a certified diver at the age of 11 with our good friend, Annie Crawley. And you know what we found out through that process? Learning to dive 
in the Puget Sound where the water's really dark and mur- is hard. It would be much easier, the pictures that we saw of people learning to dive or when we first went diving together, and this was not scuba, this was snorkeling last year or right before COVID, so over a year and a half ago. We, 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 we went swimming with turtles. We looked down, we saw these scuba divers and you could see forever and we're like, this would be a lot easier to learn to be a scuba diver over here. But then we've been talking about, think about if you learn to be a scuba diver in the murky waters of the Puget Sound, you can take that gift anywhere and everywhere for the rest of your life. And so when we go back to Maui later this summer and we go searching for those turtles, it's going to be easier because we did the hard work. So anyway, here's some things that people learned on BuzzFeed and Ron at the end of this. I don't know if you want to uh, add anything, but this is just what normal everyday people said. Uh, someone said, I ended a long-term relationship during lockdown it was actually the best decision that I ever made because for the first time in my life, I started a relationship with myself. So that's pretty awesome. An autistic person wrote that, yeah, as an autistic person, I was grateful that I didn't have to spend all day wasting energy pretending to be neurotypical in order to be accepted by my colleagues. I've never even thought about that, being neurotypical. So I had to look up what neurotypical is, and I'll let you guys do that hard work yourself. Someone else said, it allowed me to spend more time with my brother during his last months before he died of cancer. Otherwise, if it wasn't for the pandemic, I would have never taken the time because I would have said to myself, I have to work, and then my brother would no longer uh be with us and I would have missed that moment to connect with him. Someone else said, I stopped getting migraine headaches because I was not experiencing the stress of going to the office. Uh, somebody else said, I haven't gotten sick once since I started working from home. Yeah, I, I think the same here. Someone else talked about all the great books that they got to read and now those books have created trips of places that they want to grow around the world. Someone else said, I was able to move out of, my, out of state while keeping my job. Uh, someone else said, I think this is true. You guys could traffic has come back and I think it's worse. They said, I will never not miss how light, uh, the traffic was. Finally, I learned to work on myself, my own mental issues and my trauma. And I worked on it slowly. And for the first time I didn't run from it. I don't think that that would have happened if it wasn't for the pandemic and for the lockdown. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's great to when you can find silver linings. And like to me, you know, I, we, you and I really tried to build a business uh, with our, our real estate venture, which is hard, like you said, but like sitting there every day, putting in the work, uh, building a business, thinking about it as a business. So I have a lot of different skills that I didn't have a year and a half ago that I probably wouldn't have if it hadn't have been for that. And then also like there was, uh, been several different friendships for me that uh, I had to proactively go out and say, I would like to build this friendship and, uh, put myself out there and, and now a year or so later have a stronger friendships in my life. And I know I wouldn't have done it if it wasn't for COVID. So they're there and me and my brother are closer than we've been probably since we were little kids. So a bunch of different stuff has happened, but yeah, there are times where you made a choice and then followed through with it day in and day out where you, you reap the rewards now. Yeah. And, and, and to put the cherry on top, you just had a, a, 
and, and it's not post-pandemic, but I think as we're taking our masks off and we're vaccinated, we're feeling more freedom. What what was the, your brother flew here. You're having a bonfire up at the tiny. Uh, I think it was very hot. Was it very hot? It was like 138 degrees on the deck. Was it? Yeah. So what? 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 what did you guys have a fire? What was? Uh, it? We had a little fire. The, the heat broke up there uh, later in the evening. But yeah, my brother flew up. My a friend from California and his son came up. My uh, half sister and her father came up. Wow. So, yeah, we had a, a nice little get together uh, for the first time. My first like party party, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and probably. 18 24 months that river runs so quickly did you did you go run did you you can't really, i got in the river a couple you, times can you jump in it no you it's not it is a put your toe in and go oh my god that's cold yeah it's not a jump in sort of situation yeah we had a, we had a meet and we'll get out of here we had a meeting uh at windermere today and and people were talking about how they kept themselves cool and a lot of people did the old ice bucket and fan, and I saw online that that you had done that. I've never tried. Did it? Did that? Did that work? No, <laughs> didn't work at all. I need to get a mini split. Hey, you guys! Thanks for listening to episode two eighty four. Thanks for our sponsors at Les Schwab, and I really appreciate those guys. And I just want to give a shout out to Rich, uh, who's just one of our great friends at Les Schwab, and watching him just raise his kids. And he has a son, man, that has a fastball. It's unbelievable. And a daughter that can ride a horse like you can't believe. So, Rich, thank you. Uh, we really, yeah, we really appreciate you. And for Brett, who works at Les Schwab, but he also started a side business as a fitness instructor. It's called BC Fitness. And uh, I was looking at his Facebook page the other day. And Brett has gotten huge, you guys. He's, he's not only is he best one, one of the best tire men at Les Schwab, but this guy has some guns, and they are blazing. Anyway, he says on Fridays we flex. So just so you know, every Friday is Flex Friday. Look for BC Fitness on Facebook. Like, join, and uh, maybe that guy will be your new fitness instructor. And don't forget, on Fridays we take pictures and we flex. So I'm going to do that tomorrow. I'm going to take a flex picture and send it to Brett, who's been a great supporter of ours uh, from Les Schwab for a long time. So our thanks to those two gentlemen. Keep your head up. Keep your shoulders back. Keep buying those tires from Les Schwab. You know you need them. Uh, he's Ron. I'm Don. Thanks for giving us great lives. Thanks for hitting subscribe. Thanks for reaching out to us at ronanddonsitdown.com. And we'll be back next week for episode 285, 286, and 287. They'll be here before you know it. Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Keep your head up and your shoulders back. And we'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network.